You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree... Learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. But My words will not pass away. But concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Stay awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Let me pray for us. Father God, we love You. We thank You for Your Word. God, we pray that by this Word, through Your Spirit, You will give us the eyes that we need to see to stay awake and to keep watch. Especially during, during this season of Advent and during this year of turmoil. Father God, we will thank You for that this morning. We love You. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus, for the mercy that You have shown to us through Him. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Stay awake and watch for the arrival of our King and Savior. Stay awake and watch for the arrival of our King and Savior. Why use a calendar? That's my question this morning. I don't like them. For some of you, it's pretty obvious. You need one or else you forget everything. Others of you, though, I know you, you have a memory like the jaws of a great white shark and you don't let anything go. And for some twisted reason, you just keep the calendar around so that you can knock things off of it and get these little hits of dopamine to your brain that make you keep going. I don't understand it, but keep going. For some, though, a calendar is more like a prison. And all you want to do is 
Think happy thoughts that interest you more than the appointments that await you in the future. To escape real life. Maybe that's just me, actually. No matter what team you're on, you can probably agree that in some way or another, calendars are important. It tells you when you need to be at work and where that work's going to be. It tells you when to start preparing for someone's birthday or anniversary. And that shows them that they are valuable to you, that they are important to you, that you love them, and that you didn't wait to the last minute to start planning something. All good things. Well, church calendars are important as well. It might not seem like it. Church, a church calendar and the events that go on it might seem very old, very outdated, which they kind of are, might seem obsolete. It may seem like the seasons of the church calendar do not really match up with what's going on in the world, and that is the point. That is exactly why the, the tool of a church calendar has been left behind by the generations of faithful Christians that have come before us. One of my tasks as pastor is at least once a week to shake you out of the world. Maybe to shake a bit of the world out of you as well. I want you to come to church and to be ready to have your mind shaken up. To have your heart shaped up and to have your faith re-anchored and re-resting upon Jesus and His work for you. I don't want you to come trying to think through the value or the lack of value that the world places on you. What you can or cannot do for it. I want to, here comes a fancy word, contextualize the Word of God. That means I want the Word of God to meet you where you are at. But even more so, I want to textualize you. That means I want to put you into the Word, to plant you in it. That is to have your mind thinking with the Word as your filter, as opposed to um, your culture or your weekly experience. So, on the church calendar, used by churches for a very long time, and used by the church all over the world today, there is a season called Advent. It means arrival or approach. And Advent is a great season in the life of the church. It comes from nowhere, nowhere. and quite literally, this week, it came out of nowhere. Now, I made the church calendar last December. It all made sense back then. But I have had my hand to the plow in 1 Timothy, and I have not been looking forward. And I thought, okay, two weeks from now, we'll start Advent. And then Monday last week rolls around, and I suddenly realize, Advent's here. It's coming. <laughs> Came up out of nowhere. Now, for the last month, we've been talking about judgment in our weekly readings. And these have been serious passages that should cause us to wake up. And yet, last week, we were left with one of the most serious passages that we can read about a great separation. A passage that, where Jesus described for us what goatiness looked like and what sheepiness, sheepiness, 
sheepy, ship, sheepishness? No, sheepiness looked like. And we were left wide awake, but not knowing what comes next. What's the next step? Advent answers that for us. The season of Advent tell us, tells us to watch, to keep our eyes open, to expect Jesus, to wait for Him, to anticipate Him, to grow anxious and even weary waiting on Him, to pray for His coming, to prepare ourselves for His coming, to wait, to work, and to watch. Waiting, working, watching, these things take patience. They take persistence. And they take resilience to not give up, to not lose hope, to not turn away in the face of the horrors that this world has to offer to us, to hold fast to our faith and to Jesus Himself. Himself. Now you might say, there goes Wade again, talking about the horrors of the world. Look at this beautiful sunny day. Has he not heard the Christmas music that is playing everywhere? Why does his head go to such dark places? Well, there might be something wrong with me, that's true. But maybe it's not me. Maybe it's everyone else. That's what every crazy person says. Don't get me wrong. I love Christmas. I love going to the mall. I love hearing the songs. I love seeing gigantic fake trees that look like they're covered with snow. These things make me happy. I love the general blind hope and optimism that this time of year offers to us. But it is just that. It is blind. You know what blindness does not allow you to do? Keep watch. Advent is the call for us to open our eyes. To see through the darkness that surrounds us. And that's because in darkness, light is clearly seen. It is in the messiness and the fallenness of this world. It's in the darkness that Advent comes. And I know that I don't actually need to remind you of the messiness, the fallenness. I know I don't need to remind you that you're wearing a mask right now. I know I don't need to remind you that many of us are cut off or separated from loved ones during this season. Or for some of us, there is this little nagging fear that's always back there that says, maybe this is the gathering. Maybe this is the meetup with friends, with family that's going to send one of us to the hospital. That's going to make one of us sick. Or perhaps it's that nagging fear that maybe that next lockdown is going to be the one where my pay is cut, where my investments go down. Although I look around and most people are pretty chipper, pretty upbeat right now. Even though I have to say I've been quite downcast, a bit lost, confused, unsure how to move forward in life as parent, pastor. 
not just living day to day, week after week, how to make the best use of my time, how to plan for a future that might not be. My point is that it might be bright outside right now, but we are surrounded by darkness. And it is in that darkness that we must watch. That Jesus has told us to stay awake. To stay alert. To keep an eye on the horizon. To hold fast. Advent is the slow journey from night to bright day. What these candles symbolize for us. When our Savior arrives. When God, who has seemed so distant, maybe, as our Old Testament passages today portrayed very well for us, when God, who has seemed distant, even uncaring at times, makes His love and His care known to us by becoming like us. As we confess together this morning, adding to His true Godness, true humanness. So that we can see and touch and usually even taste That we have a God who loves us and who does not stay hidden. Who is just and yet merciful. Who is holy and yet willing and able to take all of our unholiness upon Himself. We have a Savior who does not give up on us and leave us in the darkness, but promises to come again. And this is what we wait for. It's what we watch for. The picture painted for us in Mark 13 this morning is pretty dire, pretty serious and crushing. Jesus has been busy teaching his disciples about a local disaster that's going to happen and then a universal disaster that's going to happen an uncreation, a decreation. Quite literally, he says, the falling away, the passing away of heaven and earth. But in the midst of that, something sticks around. Verse 31, Jesus tells us what it is. God's words never pass away. Specifically, what are we talking about? God's word of promise that is yours through the work of Jesus on the cross does not pass away. His blood shed for you secures for you life and salvation that will never disappear. No matter what tribulation, no matter what pandemic, no matter what darkness, no matter what economic woe, the Word of God, Jesus Himself, never fades, never passes, never burns out or withers away. So why must we keep watch as Jesus tells us about five times in that short passage. What are we watching for? Does the first one to see Jesus get a prize? No, Jesus tells us to keep guard and to stay awake because this is not something that we want to miss. Not in the left behind sense, but in the sense of you want to have your eyes wide open for this when it happens. And what does Jesus suggest that we are to be doing while we wait on Him? 
Well, as we studied in 1 Thessalonians a couple weeks ago, it's not sitting in the sun loungers by the pool drinking our drinks, right? What does Jesus say? We are to be working. He even tells us not to worry or bother about the timing of everything that will take place, but rather just to keep watch, to keep working, to keep waiting. Last week in that great separation with the goats and the sheep, do you remember what Jesus said to the sheep? You fed the hungry. You clothed the naked. You cared for the sick. You visited the one in prison. And where was He? Jesus says, I was already there. You were serving in My name, carrying My name with you as you lived your life and did the good works that I had laid out before you. And I was there, present with you, waiting on you. This week, Jesus simply adds on to this by telling us to watch for that last day. Sure, the day of judgment, but more than that now. The day when Jesus returns and our salvation is fully realized, when it is completely visible and seen to us. Who does Jesus describe us as in this short story? Servants. Those who are working in the household of their master. Working in their master's kingdom. Doing His will. And yet, Jesus says that each servant also already knows the work that they are to do. It has been given to them to walk in. And everything that they do is going to be in their Master's name. The only other character that Jesus mentions is a watchman. Another worker who is kept um, at the door of the household while everyone else is at rest so that the kingdom doesn't take anyone by surprise. Because our Master, our Savior, has gone away, we wait for his return. We are called to watch and to work and to be about his business. It is in being about the master's business that we come to a greater understanding of the master's priorities, his loves, his desires. And it is in that business that we learn Um, that our salvation, our becoming a part of the Master's house, was not because of the excellent work that we do. It's because He shapes and makes us for the work that He places in front of us. He does not find in us something lovable, but He creates in us what He loves. Soon, we will talk about baby Jesus. However, it is important for us to first Consider Him as He is. Our triumphant King who has ransomed us, rescued us from Satan, sin, death, and hell. Who has promised that He is returning. And at His arrival, at His advent, our salvation will be known and understood in the truest sense. Just two chapters before this, in Mark chapter 11, we see Jesus arriving into the city, Jerusalem. 
And he came in the most unimaginable and not very impressive way. And he came for the most unimaginable reason, too. Not to take over the city or to build a throne for himself and to sit upon it, but rather to be put to death by his own people. It was for your sake that he was first lifted onto a cross before he was carried to his throne. Church, we wait, we work, we watch. Because when the king arrives next time, it will be to gather his servants to himself and to bring them into his forever kingdom. Stay awake and watch for the arrival of our King and Savior. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.